What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, what's up? It's Johnny King. And another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. If you're watching the video on YouTube, you're going to see that this podcast episode is going to be out of this world because I've got a sweet background where I am orbiting the earth. And beyond that, I want you to just imagine for me for a second. My next guest on this episode, just imagine he and I, the sun is setting. We're in Mexico. We're, we're drinking Mai Tais or Coronas. And we're sitting not on the beach, which you would think we would be. But we're sitting on our respective toilets. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Got Montezuma's Revenge. This was only like a month or two ago. I'm Joshua having PTSD. My, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Sprague, we were we were uh, celebrating your 40th, which was so awesome. So much fun to be with you. Obviously, we've known each other for a long time. One of my best of friends, my book writing coach. The dude is a fucking legend. He's a best-selling author, skier. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a creator of the 30-day book writing challenge, which has helped over, which is crazy, over 8,500 students write their high-quality nonfiction books really fast. And I'm one of that number so dude thank you for being on the podcast yeah buddy and thank you for uh you know helping me relive that uh glorious porcelain <laughs> throne moment you know or multiple porcelain throne moments so oh man you. some of you that follow me online probably saw some of the you know not the you know not the bad stuff but some of my notices here and there of oh man you know kicking kicking the feet up but we <laughs> it was pretty awesome we went down to mexico right like a month month and a half ago and uh a little over all, a month ago, yeah. Yeah, we all had some food that led us to uh yeah a purifying experience. A, a, a very cleansing, um, a very guttural cleansing experience. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like we grew up in the uh in the same religion, right? So yeah, there's a, a saying from uh you know one of the one of the hymns or something that was like cleanse the foul senses within so that's kind of how i felt like <laughs> the foul senses yeah you know yeah, that was very much yeah the foul smells and everything else from within but uh gratefully we both recovered we we did have a a, a wonderful moment together when we both were saying we're via text many days after getting home that we were our bowels back to normal. That's I think this like is the best way to thing, start a podcast. You know? I mean, yeah. this is right. Like, let's just talk about the real shit, the literal yeah. shit right away. Yeah. Know? The literal shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see how I hooked, I hooked them. They were like, Ooh, what's going on? Joshua and Johnny sitting watching the sunset and, uh, and then my stomach gurgling and then I'm running off to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, you drew me in. 
I was in, <laughs> and I was yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I got all the P- PTSD, but <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it still was an epic trip. And uh, Sayulita is an amazing place down in Mexico, but I wouldn't suggest drinking the water per se. So Watch dude, I'm, what I love about you, uh, well, there's a lot of love, I love about you, but something that I feel like I talk about often on the podcast that I think you are even way more masterful at than I am is like streamlining life and business and like um, just making things as efficient as possible, which you've done with this whole book writing process, which is why I hired you was very, very uh, don't get me wrong. Writing a book was not easy for me because it also triggered a lot of stuff. And I've talked about that on the podcast, but emotionally, but in terms of like the actual process, you, right. it was pretty simple, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the hardest uh, part simple. of writing There's, a book too, right? Yeah. Like, like all the you've got the framework. Stuff. Well, but yeah, but then you also have, there's a lot of nuances that you have, uh, especially when it comes to like marketing the book, becoming a best-selling author. Like I wouldn't have been able to do that without your help either. So I'm indebted to you for sure. But if you don't mind, maybe, Fill fill the listeners in, viewers in, those that don't know you, a little bit about your backstory because you've taken, you've definitely have pivoted all the stuff, and and I've known you long enough to know like some things haven't all worked out. <laughs> you've had your challenges, <laughs> you know, uh, but here you are with what looks like a fake background, but it's actually your real background. It's beautiful out there in California. It is. It is nice. It has it's been a hot, place. but you know, yeah, chilling, enjoying. Yeah. It. Speaking of hot, tell us about you, bro. You're so hot. <laughs> your coloring, your ginger coloring I mean, is so familiar. I, I actually, I actually have to say, I'm pretty tan for uh, for how gingerific I am. So I'm, I'm yeah, I, I joke that my like freckles come out in the sun, and it's like a shield. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I don't know. You know, lots of uh, lots of ups and downs along the way for sure. But I, my background is um. I actually used to work in the ski industry for a long time. So I was a ski patroller, an avalanche technician. And, um, you know, that's what I was doing for a number of years um, before I ever got it. What did you get? I'm sorry to interrupt. What did you get uh, your degree in? Because we both went to the same school. People probably don't know that either. Yeah. I have my degree in uh, religion, biblical studies. Religion. Yeah, yeah, biblical studies, which is so, so interesting. Then I was like, of course, that. you should go throw dynamite at snow, you know, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Logical. Yeah, logical. That's right. Biblical studies, which is very scholarly of you. You are a very smart guy and you like to read. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, though, is I realized, uh, you know, when I was almost done with the degree, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go be a professor and I'm not going to be a pastor. So yeah, what am I going to do with this thing? But I think that, uh, I mean, we can talk about it later, but it's, it's certainly woven into still a lot of what I do, just how I, yeah. how, uh, I approach like business and life and doing things kind of weaving between like the strategic and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that often oftentimes gets neglected with a lot of people where they're just like so focused on one or the other right. and then right. they don't really create results um without which is why i bring it up areas. yeah and i wanted to give a little bit of context because it's like i think so many guys too are like oh i got this degree or i've been working in this industry for so long how could i make a a pivot or a, a jump you know and it's, it's just cool and i want you to continue with your kind of your story but like okay religion and then you went to go be a ski bum, so to speak, you know, quote unquote. Exactly and, is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So keep keep going with that because skiing obviously is one of your 
loves loves of your life. I mean, it is. It is the thing that just fills me up the most, um, you know, outside of like relationships. It's like the activity yeah. that just, oh, it's the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think the thing that, uh, you know, I love skiing and I loved working in the industry. It was a lot of fun. The problem was that it was like a six month, a year kind of thing, basically, you know, maybe mm. like seven months if it was a long season, like really, really good season, but you couldn't control that. And then- yeah. I didn't make a lot of money either. Right. So you're like only making like 12 bucks an hour kind of doing this thing. So it's like really mm -hmm. fun getting paid to ski all day and like throw dynamite, make avalanches. It was a lot of fun, but like, uh, it was stressful the rest of the year where you're like, okay, what am I going to do for five, six months to kind of pay the yeah. bills? And, yeah. um, I remember very distinctly, and I think people can relate to this as well. It's like whenever you work somewhere, um, or you're in an environment you kind of have two choices. You either absorb to that environment or um, something propels you out of that environment. And like, I know you used to work with, uh, you know, a lot of people with like weight loss and yep. everybody knows like, if all of your friends are overweight, then you're likely to be overweight. If all of your mm -hmm. friends are broke, you're likely to be broke. Um, if you're in an industry where everybody thinks that this is the path, then you're likely to do that unless you create a new trajectory for yourself totally. or ask different questions. And that's kind of what happened to me is um, I remember having these conversations with myself basically um, and asking the question like, Hey, how do I still get to ski a hundred days a year, but like make a lot of money or make a good living outside of this? And mm -hmm. I didn't know the answer to that question at all. I had no clue what it is, but you um, had to, question but i had the question i think that's, that's the, the most, most important. important thing for everybody mm -hmm. is like you don't have to know how you're going to connect all these dots to get where you want to go but you have to know where you do want to go and then the dominoes can kind of fall in place to lead you there totally. and um i mean i had a lot of trial and error with stuff uh like i was doing i remember like my first on out online business was basically like writing or articles about like orchid gardening, which I don't know anything about, but I like <laughs> bought this course that was teaching me about that. And I was like, this is so lame, <laughs> but I still, I was doing it. And then I had um, a business with my first wife where, you know, we were helping people uh, basically eat healthier. And mm. I learned a lot though, through that about uh, marketing. We wrote a cookbook, how to print things, you know, get things published. So like so cool. a lot of these things were kind of layering the steps, I guess, for what was to come next. And after a while, I realized that I kind of wanted to like branch out and do my own thing uh, and get out from kind of under the thumb of this other business that we'd created. And I thought to myself, well, like, what's the best way to kind of establish credibility? And I realized like the most timeless thing absolutely is to have a book and mm -hmm. still to this day that's the thing like since the printing press has been invented that is the one thing that is not going to go away right like that's the one thing having a book is the one main thing that has helped experts leaders business owners influencers like whatever they end up calling it you know in this generation establish yeah. some sort of authority and credibility so that's what i there's a helicopter going over um, but that's what I ended up, uh, deciding on the, the problem was, you know, like a lot of people, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. So I spent basically like nine months writing, rewriting, throwing my work away, thinking it was crap, wondering if anybody's ever going to read this, 
facing mm-hmm. all my stories, all that kind of stuff. And um, it wasn't until um, I had coffee actually with our our mutual friend Lewis, uh, Lewis mm-hmm. House, um, mm-hmm. when I was down in LA uh, briefly at the time before I lived here. And he basically just called me out and he was like, hey, dude, uh, I wrote my first book, whatever it was, his LinkedIn book, I think, in like 30 days or something. Um, if you don't write your book in the next 30 days, you owe me 250 bucks. And I was like super, super, super broke at the time. So like 250 <laughs> bucks for me was like an a lot of money. enormous yeah. amount of money. And then, yeah. and then, you know, he's like somebody I respected. So I didn't want to embarrass myself either. So I was like, okay, yes. But I still didn't know how to do it, right? I just yeah. committed to yeah. this. And then that urgency, I guess, uh, triggered something in me to figure out what did work. And I ended up writing my first book uh, in 21 days. Um, it then went on to become a number one Amazon bestseller. And then people started basically asking me from there, like, how did you do this? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's how things snowballed into actually helping other people do that. It wasn't intentional by any means. It was just, you know, uh, a tried and true method to adding more credibility uh, and establishing kind of my influence, I guess. So, which I think is the reason why a lot of people want to write books. So, yeah. Um, you leapfrogged over, I, I know you talked about, uh, obviously skiing and then kind of doing some of the nutritional stuff, um, cookbooks and that sort of thing. But you didn't mention the, the year that you spent over in Ireland stripping in that Irish bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting there back to your that. roots. I mean, I mean, do I have a, do I have a good, like emoji thing that I can put on here? I feel like this is an appropriate, t- I just figured out how to do these video filters, um like literally five minutes ago so yeah i don't know what 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 is i don't know there's no good irish things on here that's annoying this is as close as it gets don't leave me hanging you know that's really well done i don't know there's no shamrocks beautiful no no shamrocks no uh pot at the end of the uh pot of gold at the end of the the you know what there is pizza 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 emoji Oh man, I love video. I love it. Yeah, and I know it's gonna push people towards YouTube. But uh I've heard that story too. Obviously told me a few times how Lewis has a way of kind of like pushing one's timeline, you know, and condensing it. Um yeah. which is always good to have uh a friend like Lewis. And in that regard, I do remember uh when you were helping me write, because I started writing in I believe May or June of 2020. Cause like, what else are you going to do when you're in a lockdown? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I remember I said, this people goal decided like they're going to write books in 2020. I'll tell you that. Yeah. 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 Um, I set a goal of 90 days, which I'm like, okay, like what else am I going to do? I'm just going to sit here and hammer on it, you know? Um, <clears throat> and I've seen your testimonials. I've seen your ads online. I know that people are able to, to accomplish writing a book, which is crazy um, in 30 days, which is amazing. Just kind of following your, your format. But I do feel like it's, uh, it, what I like is knowing you now and, and seeing how much you've grown just in so many different ways in terms of your maturity, in terms of like what you believe is possible for you and for other people. But then I also enjoy remembering where you are at. It kind of helps me bridge like, okay, cause I'm, you know, writing that book was really challenging for me, you know, mm-hmm. and whether it be 30 days or 90 days, like it took me a year maybe from start to 
putting it out there, um, which I thought was so long. But then I talked to other people like, I've been writing a book for seven years. So I'm like, oh, geez, you know, but I do feel like there's a lot of people. Uh, well, you tell me, are there a lot of people out there who have been writing a book for God knows how long, or maybe they've given up, but like. Yeah, a lot of the people that come into my world have been trying to write a book for years, sometimes even decades. So okay. it's not uncommon. And, yeah, you know, the thing for me is whether somebody and we do have a really, really, really high percentage of people that do actually write their books in 30 days to the challenge. But if it takes you a little bit longer, if it's 45 days or 60 days or 90 days or even six months when it would normally have taken you, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, ten years. to me, yeah. that's a collapsed an enormous amount of time. Right. And most of the most of the time for people, the delay is is almost always internal. It's never like, mm -hmm. a, what's the structure of what do I do? Because that's all clearly laid out, you know, totally, um, totally. inside of that program and everything. It's just more of you wrestling sometimes with like, oh, who's what are they going to think about this? Or is this any good? Or man, uh, what do I have to say that hasn't been said before? You know, doubting yourself mm -hmm. when you it's kind of like anything, you know, like when uh, you're about to do something that, you know, will push you and grow you then all of a sudden your mind starts to go crazy and create all the resistance as to why you shouldn't do the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're about to approach a girl or something, you know, I'm married, I haven't done that for a while, but um, you know, when that happens, it's like, ah, oh, should I, should I not? Da, da, da. Like all the stories go in your head and she's like, mm -hmm. that's that's the resistance right before that happens, you know? 100%, yeah. 100%. Well, how have you, I mean, cause I know again, some of your story, you've battled through a lot of resistance a lot of different times with different businesses. Cause you've had a lot of different, which I also love about you in terms of how entrepreneurial you are. Cause you started kind of doing the book thing. Then you went into another business drop shipping, something like that. Right. Yeah. I had an e-commerce company kind of, for a bit. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, uh, the, after I wrote uh, smash my first book, um, then I ended up building kind of a, uh, a consultancy really around writing books. And so I would actually mm -hmm. ghostwrite people's books. I ghostwrote half a dozen bestsellers and helped a ton of people launch their books um, mm -hmm. and write their books through my process, which has gotten refined over time to what it is now. Um, but I think the thing that I got frustrated with was that even though um, you know clients were awesome and stuff like that, because it was more of like a consulting thing, I had to work a lot with people one-on-one. So there's only like so much scale with it. It felt like mm -hmm. I had to trade a lot of time for dollars with that. And so I got kind of tired from, tired of that model, but I didn't have a better model in mind basically. And so sure, I was like, well, sure. I'm still going to kind of do it, you know, after I'd been doing it for like three or four years, whatever. Um, but I want to do some other things entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurially as well. And yeah. so, yeah, um, you know, I started a online uh, e-commerce company and learned a lot, learned a lot about, you know, scaling a business and uh, running traffic and all that kind of stuff, which then I ended up bringing back into what I do now 100%. with the book writing right. stuff, you know, learned how to run ads the right way and all that kind of stuff, learned how to uh, scale, um, you know, so that I can impact thousands of customers, not just like dozens or hundreds, you know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. everything stacks on top of each other, but there was so many ups and downs and moments where I wanted to quit. <laughs> hundred percent. And that's why I wanted to, like I said, just bring it up because I think guys that are listening, probably are guys that have been going to men's retreats, have been doing breath work, have been listening to podcasts, reading books, working on themselves, trying different, you know, business, vent business ventures, different relationships, trial and error, 
successes, failures, and sometimes without uh, on a 45 minute to an hour long podcast, we can't get into like, gosh, those infinite moments of just that you've been through that I've been through where you're like, God damn it, this sucks. Or like, I'm going to give up on this. And you're like, really? But what's yeah. the alternative? And you don't give up. You keep push, pursuing and you finally break through. And then from the outside, it looks like, oh, you're just killing it. Like it just came so yeah. easy to you, yeah. you know? And I don't think people, you know, looking at your business would realize how challenging and how much shit you've been through, you know, to get to where you're at. It's just valuable to highlight that. I think that's the case for, you know, anybody who has some perception of success to to people, right? Like there's so many ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the things though, that regardless of what the the business was at the time or the how the model evolved there were certain constants that never changed and so you know i told you earlier like that question that kind of triggered the whole journey was how do i get to ski 100 days a year and <laughs> right. still make good money you know yeah. that never left and there was never a point where i'm like you could never pay me enough to compromise on figuring that out and so I think that for people, it's figuring out what that thing is for you. Um, the model can change a million times. You know, you can jump to different businesses. You can you can do all sorts of different things. But like, is the core desire underneath that enough mm -hmm. to motivate you? And and truthfully, what I've realized, I used to think everybody had it all the time. Um, but I've realized that it's actually not not true. Like some people will compromise on that. They will sell that out. Um, and it's like kind of brutal to say that, but. Um, it's true. Some people will sell that out and you want to be the kind of person that's not going to sell out that, that dream because mm -hmm. there's going to be the ups and the downs guaranteed, like yeah. so many of them and nothing <clears throat> else will keep you through that. Right. At least I don't think. Yeah. But I also feel like it's almost like a, um, it's a much needed ingredient to writing one's book. Like you gotta have some sort of, hero's journey or some sort of like trial and overcoming those, you know, deepest, darkest fears or whatever, in whatever story you're telling, you know, um, totally. maybe not in every single book, but I, I feel like it's just like music. If you're writing music, if you're writing lyrics, like you, you want the listener or the reader to feel the shit that you've been through, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a prerequisite to, to writing. And I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know. You would know a lot better than I would, but I feel like that stuff helps for me at least connect with. No, I, 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 I mean, I, I do agree with you on that for sure. You know, one of the, you probably remember this from the book writing process, but um, one of the concepts to talk about is, you know, your mess being your message and really diving into, and I know a lot of people say that, but like, what does that actually mean in the context of writing a book? That means that typically the driver for wanting to write like a nonfiction book you know, which is what I help people with is you have gone through some sort of, uh, you know, cataclysmic moment or mm. you, that, that has led you to figure something out or see something, um, that you would not have seen without that. Sometimes it's a big deal. Um, sometimes it's not of a big not as much of a big deal. Like maybe it's just like a pure business book, um, versus much more of like a personal transformation. Um, mm. But either way, there are always those elements of of struggle that then lead to insights and breakthroughs, which then lead to this desire to share it and help other people in some way. And I feel like mm -hmm. it's it's almost this this healing cycle in a way, you know, <laughs> where it's like 
you have crap you go through, uh, you overcome the crap, you figure out a process, and then you desire to like transmute that in some way by delivering it again to somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. so that you can save them in some way, not like save them from, I don't mean like save them in their life, but like help them in some, in some sort of way. Yeah. And I think we're just coded that way, like as humans, right? Like, mm. doesn't it feel good when somebody comes to you and they're like, Johnny, I love your work. Like what you do made such a big difference in my life. Like mm -hmm. that kind of affirmation for us, especially as men, I think, you know, is like, oh, it's just like, Yes, you want to make money. Yes, you want to have a profitable business. Yes, you want all that stuff, but you also want to do shit that matters. Yeah. Leave a legacy of some kind. Yeah. In whatever yeah. form that is. <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I I love um kind of what you're doing from the standpoint of, you know, helping people not only write a book, but it's still like coming back to like uh but what's what's the end? You know, what's, what are you ultimately working towards in designing a life that they love uh, while still having this book or, or a message that has an impact on other people's lives? And I think that's the important part is how that all kind of works together because just writing a book to write a book, um, it's like making money to make money, but what are, you know, what can it be a vessel or a vehicle for mm. in terms of creating, you know? something greater in your life, you know? And I think a big part of this podcast obviously is helping guys live like Kings in whatever manner that is for them, you know, just living abundantly, you know? And when yeah. I think about you, I think about, you know, you, you have a very, a very abundant and uh, fearless approach to life. You know what I'm saying? to that. Maybe we'll tell someday. <laughs> fearless. <laughs> yes. You are fearless uh, though. Yeah. You know, but I do feel like, I try. yeah, well, you're, you're maybe not fearless, but you definitely blow through your, uh, your fears, you know, no longer letting them overwhelm you. And I think that's a big part of, uh, like you said, some fears, yeah, like, some fears now, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, going back to, to the, the thing you said towards the beginning, which is like incorporating both the kind of the spiritual and the strategic, if you mm -hmm. will, you know, the spiritual and the human, the, the male, the, the male, the, the masculine, the feminine, whatever the yin and the yang. Do you, is it just those two pieces that are instrumental or do you feel like there's a lot of other components that need to be input into one's book when writing? Like it can't just be, if it's a how to, uh, I feel like, cool it's a how to but it's not going to necessarily have the impact you know i do feel like interweaving in that spiritual that human mm -hmm. uh the emotional side of things is so important especially with a nonfiction book but what other like ingredients do you feel like is important that those that are yeah. listening are like oh i need to i need to give that some more thought or you know i could actually use joshua's help with that because right. i hadn't thought of that yeah well i mean everybody has a little bit different reasons for writing their book too like if you know, somebody is like, I don't know, let's say they're like a fan financial planner or something like that. And they want to use their yeah. book just to get more clients. Then that can be a little bit more direct. Like here's, you know, seven strategies that you can do to get, you know, 12 
percent annualized returns in your 401k every year, no matter what, you know, or like whatever it may be. That's a much more like how to oriented because they're trying to get some sort of client on the back end. Whereas a book like yours, you know, there's a lot more layers to it, right? Because you're dealing in your brand with um, these different elements of what it means to, to become a king and to be a, you know, to be a man in, in today's society. And it's a complex and convoluted subject. And so I think that they're, that the human element that you're talking about is so important to it. I think regardless of whether it's like a how-to or a transformational book or a memoir or whatever it may be, one big thing that I see people consistently, um, I guess, miss neglect. is, yeah. yeah, or neglect is that they've, like most people who want to write a book have usually been told you should write a book or they've had some desire for it or inkling for that for a little bit of time. And so you kind of get wrapped up in your own story in a way, you know, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's human nature to be like, oh man, I did this. I overcame this. And now I want to transmute this and help other people. Right. Like we just talked about, mm -hmm. but when it comes to writing a book, you know, it's a product still. And so this is where kind of the strategic and intentional side of things comes into play and in that it's something that people buy and people buy things because they're either going to entertain them or they're going to add value, right, mm -hmm. to their mm -hmm. life in some sort of way or help them solve a problem. And so one of the things that, you know, especially when people go through like the first week of the 30 day book writing challenge, they get this brain shift in a big way that they're super grateful for because um, we help them cement very clearly who the book is for, how it's going to help them and what the outcome uh, that they're hoping to accomplish by mm -hmm. reading that book. And so that's a roundabout way of saying that it's super important to remember that this is a product and that, you know, you want to be thinking about a specific reader and customer in mind, because that's who's buying this and they're reading it and buying it for a reason. And so your job as an author is not just to tell your stories because it's cathartic for you. Although if you want to do that, that's great. Like some people do just write a book because they want to like share all of their stuff in a memoir and pass that down to their grandkids. Just so they know all the stories, all the World War II stories, all that kind of stuff, which is mm. totally great. But for mm. most people who actually want to use the book, then kind of like I did where, you know, you use it as a, uh, a tool, uh, the way you're using it, you know, it's a, um, it shares your philosophy, your frameworks, all that kind of stuff that can then also help, you know, grow your business and serve clients and all that kind of stuff. Then it's really important to think about who that reader is upfront mm -hmm. and be very, very clear with, um, you know, framing that you probably remember us going through like that, that exercise together, you know, um, <clears throat> yep. and how, I mean, you tell me, but, uh, in my experience, it's always been very, uh, opening and helpful for people to have that much clarity up front. Yeah. I do feel like I, um, like when I read your emails versus <laughs> emails or newsletters, or even my book that I wrote in our mutual buddy, Bradley is often saying to me, like, you should make it more about your reader, less about you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I get that intellectually. I have a hardest time. And I put a lot of myself, a lot of me into like my book. I just wrote through my own stories, attempting though, to then draw out lessons learned that hopefully would impact the reader. But I have a real hard time sometimes <clears throat> focusing on or putting myself, well, that's the interesting thing as I'm saying that out loud. I feel like I sometimes, um, yeah, I, I don't feel know. like you're good at it. 
I feel like I, I empathize. So I feel like I can put myself in other people's shoes, but then I do oftentimes I, I have this little thing of like guilt. Like, do I talk about myself too much? Am I narcissistic? Am I like, but I have a hard time relating, you know, how is it? You just have a conversation and then, and then you're like, yeah. Oh, I went through the same thing. I went through blah, 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 blah. And sometimes right. the, the other person's like, well, we weren't talking about you, but cool. You know? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I digress. I think there's a certain element of that that has to be there. Like, especially when it's like your personal brand, like you, it's like, you know, it's the Johnny King podcast, right? It's not. Yeah. (laughs) And it's similar with me. It's like, this is my process for writing books. You know, there's other people that teach how to write books and stuff. Um, But I think it's, I, I think it's important to always connect back to who's listening to it. And I think one of the easiest ways, this is one of those things that I do like in my emails, um, you know, cause people seem to really like, my emails and kind mm-hmm. of fall in love with um reading them every day um is i'll like tell a story about myself and then i'll bridge it with a very simple sentence which is so why am i telling you this yeah. and then i can tell somebody the takeaway and so mm-hmm. i think that's one of those things that you can do no matter what and that works for anybody whether you're making a video whether you're uh, doing a speech whether you're writing uh, a book whether you're writing emails content social media posts whatever like connecting it back and it makes you do that as the creator you know of like hey here's why i'm telling you this not just so you you know know my crazy story but here's why it matters to you you know Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. you still Mm -hmm. do you feel like you run into people uh fairly often or not so much who say oh like i'd love i have always thought about writing a book but I'm, i'm not a writer not very often um every once in a while people say that you know yeah um but it's pretty i feel like probably with my marketing, I just don't attract that kind of person. I attract more yeah. of the people who have been trying to do it for a while and already align okay. with being a writer. Um, yeah. That being said, um, some people are not writers um, and they're more like orator, orators, good word. Mm. What uh, do you mean by that exactly? Like they speak, like they yeah, speak they're better, like better they're storytellers, they... you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's actually one of the ways that uh, people can write books too, is you can go through the process. Um, and I actually talk about that in the 30 day book writing challenge. And I, I'd say it's maybe like five to 10% of people are that way. Most mm-hmm. people who, you know, go through it are, are definitely like writers or, or feel like they want to write their own book. But, uh, there are a certain percentage of people that they're just really good at storytelling. You know, I feel yeah. like I'm better at telling stories in writing than I am speaking like this. Mm-hmm. And so that's my default, even though, I like talking, you know, yeah. but um, other people are just immaculate storytellers. And that's a really good thing for them to do if they want to write a book. I didn't necessarily feel like uh, I think coming in to to write the book, I didn't think of myself as a writer, but I also didn't think of myself as someone who couldn't write. I just was yeah. kind of a, a blank slate. I was like, okay, well, um, and I think I kind of surprised myself, you know, uh, by at the end of the day, but that definitely took a lot of support by you and two other editors. And I also felt like, um, part of the process that, that overwhelmed me in my head, at least was like, okay, once I write it, then what, I don't know how to self publish. I don't know if you go down that road, how do I get online? How do I do all this stuff? And, uh, it was super helpful to have you. And then uh, another gal to help me like, get all that stuff just dialed in. Cause I didn't know like that's worth so much in terms of just having support. Otherwise, like you said, it could, you could write for years and years and years and never actually get anything out for anyone else to read because you're, you're making it out to be so much more difficult in your head. Yeah. 
than it really is, especially with technology these days and Amazon and, you know, that sort of thing. But, well, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like one of those things where, you know, unless you're trying to be a serial uh, book writer, then it's not something you go through a lot of times. So you wouldn't be familiar with that process. And so it can yeah. make sense to have somebody who has walked that path to yeah. show you what to do. So, so uh, pivoting a little bit, just talking more about uh, what you've done with this book writing challenge, which I think is very succinct and like effective this. and efficient. What's that? Oh, pizza. <laughs> you got to be watching this on you got to be watching this on YouTube. He's just throwing throwing no, I'm gonna eat at me afterwards. Yeah. I know. I probably will actually. Um but do you feel like you've always been uh really good at streamlining, simplifying, dialing no. things down or is that something that not you've learned over the years? Yeah. And how okay, if not at all then how did you learn that to be one of your you know, character traits or strengths. Yeah, that is definitely one of those things that I think has come kind of slow for me if I'm if I'm brutally honest, you know. Yeah. Um, I think what happens in, at least for me in my journey it was kind of like you see the potential in you know, having a book, having a personal brand, creating products and programs, consulting, coaching people, all that kind of stuff. But you don't really know how it's done. Right. So you have to have, there's kind of a learning curve for, for uh, figuring that stuff out. Now, certainly you can shortcut a lot of that learning curve by learning from other mentors, which I know you're huge on just like mm -hmm. I am, so that mm -hmm. you can accelerate your skill development in those areas. Yeah. Um, and I think after some time, once kind of skill development happens, then you can improvise a little bit it's kind of like you know jazz music or something you know i play the drums but once you learn fundamentals of something after a while um then you can start to play around with it you can have more fun yeah. i yeah. think in the world that we live in today that there's not as much patience for skill development and some yeah. i ran on this a bit because i think oftentimes because of the way that images get portrayed online and social media and all this kind of stuff. Like people just expect like I'm going from zero to hero in like a month or six right. months or a year or even five years. And to me, I'm kind of like, dude, but you're okay. You're freaking okay. Working 40 years for somebody else to maybe, you know, make six figures, but you're mm -hmm. tripping out that you have to learn real skills over here and you won't give yourself five years or 10 years to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's my, that's my rant that's on, really on that side of things. It's like giving, give, just giving yourself more time, um, to acquire those skills so that you can simplify. Um, yeah. that being said, what I've learned, uh, which I wish I had learned a long time ago is that most of the crap that uh, we spend time on isn't actually doing anything at all. It's not moving the needle. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's not. Yeah. And, and not all activities are, are equal by any means. Um, if anybody has not read the book, the 80, 20 principle, people throw it around all the time, but if you've never actually read it, it's a life changing book, life changing mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't remember when I first got into 80, 20, maybe like five or six years ago or something like that. But I realized once I read it, that there were certain things that if you do, you don't get like a, 
a one-to-one return on them. You get like a one to 800 return on them. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key, I think, to simplifying things is you're looking for patterns where if you do this thing, you get a disproportionate output. Let me bring that mm. back down to earth so it's not just like theoretical. Um, <clears throat> so you can spend all day long creating content, writing things, um, coming up with ideas, but your income will move zero if you don't have anything to offer, if you don't have something that somebody can pay you for. Okay. And this is what happens a lot. People think, oh, I need to be on LinkedIn. I need to be on TikTok. I need to be on Facebook. It's like, sure, all of those platforms will work and they do work. What you're not focused on probably is making enough offers and testing Mm. different offers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what moves the needle where then you can do more of the things that you want to do. Different example, um, like during COVID, I got fat, like fat, fat, fat. And I looked at myself in the (laughs) mirror one day and I was like, what is going on, dude? Because you know, I used to be a ski patroller, right? Ski all the time. Yeah. I was like super lean, couldn't put on weight to save my life, right? Uh, and then I looked at myself in the mirror in <laughs> August of 2020. I was like, you are fat, bro. And yeah. uh, I was like, okay, I'm doing something about it. And I've always been a person who worked out. Like I have to work out because like I go crazy. Not that I'm like yeah. some fitness model by any means, but I was like, this is not, this is not it. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to actually hire somebody now. And I'd never hired anybody before. And um you know, what I loved about my trainer, um, who helped me identify what those essential things were, because I thought I knew what they were, but I didn't because he had so much more experience. It's kind of mm-hmm. like people think they know what the book writing process is, but, um, I have a really good understanding of that because I've helped 8,500 plus people, you know? Right. Um, right. and so, but he's, he simplified it down to me, you know, to like three or four things that those things, they were the needle movers, right? Mm-hmm. And then it made it so I lost 30 pounds in uh, three months and- 30 days. In in 90 days, three months, 12 weeks, <laughs> whatever. still really good. Though. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And I got yeah, like really six pack for the first time in my life, which yeah. no matter what I did before, no matter when I was ski patrolling, like that never happened before. And I was like, holy crap, yeah. okay, this like totally works. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that's a long way to rant around that. I think that, I think it's a combination of things, right? So it's like, if you're going to, one, realizing that there are things in every area of life that if you identify what those needle movers are, they give you a massive return, Mm -hmm. much bigger than they should for what the activity is. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, realizing you're not going to be able to figure all those things out. So that's where having help is. Uh, is valuable. And then the third piece of that would be giving yourself enough time to develop skills so that you can improvise and figure out Mm -hmm. what those things are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, a lot of what you just said. There's a lot of gold nuggets in there. I do feel like uh, you've told me several times, you know, in the past when we've had conversations like, dude, you need more offers. I'm like, yeah, oh, shit. Like, it's so easy to forget that sometimes, especially as an entrepreneur. If you're, um, it's just easy to get lost in the, oh, I need more followers. I need uh, more engagement. I need more social media content. It's like, dude, what are you, what are you offering? What are you putting out there? You know? And I think that still goes back to an underlying question of, again, what's, um, 
why do you want to write a book? Like what's the, the end result, you know, what's the outcome. And I think that's really important, which I, I know you kind of really get into, like you said, in that first week of the, the challenge. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that's, that's super valuable. Um, I had another question that kind of slipped my mind. Um, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Book writing. Well, your biceps um, are looking great though. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I need to find a, I need to find a dumbbell emoji now. Yeah, please do. Please do. As I'm scratching the back of my head. Um, I, I, I had a good question. I totally lost it. That's okay. Um, for people who are um, essentially like the, the, the book writing challenge, what I liked about it is that it's really just kind of chunks things down into like bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, and I think I told you on one of our first calls, like I, I am very susceptible to being overwhelmed, strung out, uh, spread too thin. It's just what I do. Like I do too much. I, I take on a lot of things and then I'm like, whoa, you know, and yeah. I think about it and that's, there's my, it came back to me. I was going to say it's, it's very similar to those that I worked with when I was working in weight loss. Like they spent 10 years, 20 years, an entire lifetime, you know, supporting bad habits, which have led to a lot of weight gain. Right. But then they wanted to lose weight in 30 days. Like they wanted to change their life, you know, so quickly and the lack of patience was oftentimes frustrating for me too, as their health coach and trainer, you know, like we have to kind of unravel this thing slowly over time. And I think that was also a challenge for me as I, I wanted to get the book done. I wanted to move things, but up up came a lot of stuff for me personally, as I was writing a, a book that was very personal and near and dear to my heart. And I had to find my, you know, I had to oftentimes tell myself just to relax. I actually had to step away from it for like six months, to be honest, you know, cause I just was, and there's other stuff going on in my life, but I do feel like <clears throat> having someone in your corner, like you were talking about your trainer for you, uh, having you in my corner, it's always nice to have someone who kind of doesn't see your limiting beliefs or know your stories or like be in your corner and have your back and say, it's okay. Just give yourself grace and keep, chipping away at it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of the, the 30 day challenge, is that something when people go through it, it's just all by themselves. Do they have um, access to other people in the community? Like, what does that actually look like? If people say cool and they go to your website, they sign up for it. It starts. It right starts on, there. it starts on the, uh, the Monday after they register or as soon as they, re- like if they register on a Monday, then it starts that day. Otherwise okay. it starts the next Monday, the upcoming um, Monday. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, you what know, one process of the things that all I, look like, yeah. So, I mean, like one of the things that I wanted to do with it, um, that's certainly different about this program than any of the other iterations that I've had in the past is I really did want it to be as streamlined as possible. Right. And chunked mm-hmm, out into mm-hmm. very, very consumable bite-sized daily, uh, lessons and assignments. And I think truthfully right now in the world that's needed. Like, so if you're creating products of any sort, the more that you can chunk things down, just to like do this on Monday, do this on Tuesday, yeah. do this on Wednesday, yeah. do this on Thursday, you put or, yourself actually at a huge competitive advantage because there's so much information. And I mean, even listening to, to a podcast, right? Like you're 
trying to remember certain nuggets out of like an hour long conversation. Right. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. you just grab onto one from this, you know, that's totally in, in my mind. Like that's the goal. Did you get one idea, you know, not mm-hmm. 47 things. Cause you're not going to remember <laughs> them. Um, but when you create products that way, where you chunk it down into bite-sized amounts where people can actually learn and then execute that day, what happens is you start stacking wins and then that mm-hmm. builds momentum, which then, uh, reinforces the habit, which then makes it so people get so much farther uh, along than they ever would have gotten uh, on their own. And, you know, we still have like email support throughout the entire program. I have one of my author coaches who uh, she does that. It used to be me who did all of it. Um, now she does most of it just, um, you know, because the business has grown yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you've got a ski. I got a ski, man. There's, yeah. there's 100 like, days. Like, hello. Can't I know. Can, it, can winter get here? Like I'm tired of 90 <laughs> degrees. Like, I, I, I joke. I'm like, I get so sick of summer at this time of the year. This is August. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I can't, I wanted summer to go on forever. I'm like, forget this. Yeah. Let's get back to work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think just uh, chunking things down and simplifying them for people because we're all overloaded with messages and content and information all the time. And so if you, you'll, you'll actually uh, teach better as well. If you can chunk things down, like here's what you need to work on, you know, mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and tomorrow, mm-hmm. or here's what you need to do to win. Um, I don't know, just the people I, the people that I think have impacted myself uh, the most have been oftentimes those people that just chunk it down to like, yeah, just do these things. And you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> I do feel like, like you said, in, in the day and age that we live with so much distraction and notifications and things that are vying for our attention, it's nice when you can just have a small list of like, okay, today this is all I'm going to focus on. And I think mm-hmm. that's why that that challenge has been so so successful. And and like you said, bringing in all the things that you've learned personally in doing what you've done, working with so many people to then give people exactly what they need to know when they need to know it so that they don't overwhelm themselves and they don't, you know, shoot themselves in the foot and give up on the process. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, cause I do feel like each one of us has a, you know, a story to tell or a, a song to, to sing. We all are extremely creative people. Um, and yet if, if all we do is focus on work, providing, um, clocking in, clocking out, you know, a, a life can, can zoom by pretty darn fast, you know? And I think oh, I agree with for that you and I, it's, so much. Yeah, yeah. It's like focusing on, I think skiing, prioritizing play on... is like one of the things that has gotten lost, you know, like, uh, I know I haven't talked about this much, but, um, my, so I have an, a new book that I wrote, I wrote it in 11 days it's coming out. Um, pretty soon it's called create first consume second and Mm. um it's this what i call a rebellious 25 minute morning ritual um that truthfully will change so many areas of your life but it'll make you Mm. more money it'll make you happier and it'll most importantly make you more creative and Mm. and um i think there's these two areas of our lives that have gotten very very neglected um and that is the uh like creating stuff, it is so easy to consume everyone else's stuff all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy to wake up, grab your phone, 
before you know it, you're checking email, looking at Instagram or Facebook. And now what have you done? You've consumed a bunch of other people's messages and you've closed off access to your voice and your insight first. Mm-hmm. And so that's really kind of like the premise of create first, consume second is like, no, you prioritize creativity first and you prioritize adding value to the world in some way before you intake anybody else's stuff. Um, and then what that does is that opens up a container so that um, you can consciously consume other people's ideas, you know, for your own growth. Um, and you also created so much more fulfillment. So you have time to to go and play and do fun things again, mm-hmm. which I think is also one of those things like there's this lost art of uh, creating and playing and contemplating mm-hmm. and being bored again that are really, really, really good things that lack so much in our society because how are you going to hear your best ideas? How are you going to enjoy life the most if, you know, those don't become priorities for you? Right. Well, going back to full circle, going back to our time in Mexico, you know, not that I was bored by any means, you know, <laughs> there was there was an adventure going on in my stomach um but i would say you know, a lot of cardio of going back and forth <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> you and i had a, a couple of conversations for sure i spent a lot of time thinking while i was on the porcelain throne um and i, I was just you know I, I talk about the idea of like taking self audits you know just re-auditing life and out of that uh week down in Mexico, I pulled back on the podcast, which I think was, was valuable in, in many regards. I pulled back on like three other big things. They just weren't serving me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and got back to a, just feeling lighter. Like I didn't feel like that I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, you know, but so mm-hmm. much of what I talk about in the book that I know you've heard about too. It's just that whole, like the other, the flip side of the coin from achievement to success is fun fulfillment like joy being outside like and i just realized you know the older we get it's like shit life is passing you by you can't take your health for granted you know Mm -hmm. so it's like enjoy it get outside do those things that you want to do and i've been like you know what what's interesting is like a lot of times we do feel like oh but if i had to do that then i'm going to sacrifice something else Mm -hmm. but what i love about your question which is like, how can I ski at least a hundred days a, a, a year and make more money than I've been previously making, you know? Um, and, and I think that's a valuable question for anyone who's listening to this podcast, because the whole idea, like I said, is all about kind of designing your lifestyle the way that you choose. Right. And it's gotta be not just around provision or yeah. it's gotta be creating the life, right. Creating before you consume. So I'm I'm stoked to read that book. You said real quick uh, in closing, you said a um, what do you call it? A 25 minute rebellious uh, morning ritual. Rebellious. Mm -hmm. Can you can you elaborate on that? Rebellious. The use of rebelliousness, kind of like fearlessness. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that um, the reason that I I call it rebellious is because. Um, right now, multi-billion dollar tech companies, um, all sorts of science that is behind these things is stacking the odds against us to mm-hmm. consume first. Mm-hmm. And it actually, and it's also um, just like physically 
and neurologically addicting to grab your phone and look at it and start intaking and inputting other people's ideas. And so in this day and age, um, I truthfully believe that it is a rebellious act to put a pause on that impulse to go mm-hmm. consume stuff mm-hmm. um, and say, wait a minute, before I do anything else, um, I am going to create something first. And this is literally the first thing that I I do. So it's like I wake up, my phone goes on airplane mode. I don't look at it. Um, I grab my computer, have coffee that you know is on the, the coffee pot, grab a coffee, and I come outside and I go immediately into writing something. Because to me, that's the most natural creative expression uh, for me. And I think it's also the one that's easiest for people to win to. Like, um, you know, if you're a painter, that's awesome. Sometimes it just takes a little bit more setup time, like to get your paints out and set up your easel and all that kind of stuff. So it's an easy way to create first and win. Um, But whatever the thing is for you, um, I mean, I encourage you to try it out. Like I've had students uh, that have been trying this out uh, now for several months now, and they report back to me just like, man, I just noticed such a big difference in the way I feel and Mm. how much, uh, like by seven in the morning, they'll feel like they already accomplished more in a whole day because they, they created something first, right? They Mm. did the important stuff first. Um, and then what I also noticed is by going into that, accessing your creative insights becomes so much simpler and easier because it's like a muscle that you've like, use so many times now that it's so easy to drop into that. And then when I'm out and about, like just the channel is like a lot more open. So I get better business ideas. I get all sorts of just better ideas. I feel happier. Um, and you know, the business also reflects that. So yeah, it's one of those very simple things. Um, but I truthfully think it's an act of rebellion against, you know, how, the big tech companies and and our our physiology and neurology is uh you know trying to drag us over here again oh yeah gosh 100 percent agree um and that's kind of what i was alluding to too like taking a week out of my normal day life to come down and hang out with you and all the other amazing people that were with us it just gave me time to to break out of my normal routine and to really think about I mean, that's why I enjoy traveling regardless, but it helps give me a little bit more perspective about what's truly important. Yeah. It helps me look at like, what, what am I doing? And is it really breathing life into me or is it sucking the life out of me? Right. So I think that's pretty, pretty important. Um, Yeah. We all need that. I mean, I needed it too. I needed it down. I didn't realize that either. Cause I can definitely be like a, I mean, I feel like I play a lot, but um, I also feel like I'm really disciplined about creating and producing too and so there is a lot to be said for um also just giving yourself a week or whatever to just breathe yeah yeah (laughs) and yeah yeah Yeah. we all need that too yeah uh going back to what you said a lot of people uh myself included really enjoying reading your emails because you write one like every day right pretty much almost yeah nearly every day it's awesome Yeah, nearly every day. Six days Um, a week, sometimes seven. Yeah. Yeah. How do people get on your email list? How would they then find out about your book when it comes out, your 30 day email challenge, book writing challenge, all those things? 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a, like a, a recluse in that area too, but there, I'll tell you the way. So I, I used to post on social media and I don't post anything on social media anymore, except just like skiing and, uh, and family stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just run ads. So you can either, uh, be a customer, which I would love to have you, uh, if you want to write a book and yeah. join the 30 day book writing challenge, or, um, I do have an early bird email list, which is our early bird list for my new book, which is, um, at create first consume second.com. And then cool. you can hop on the main list there as well. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. I'll, I'll include that in the, the show notes and in my social media posts and that sort of thing, but create first consume second.com. Second. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, otherwise they could follow you on social media, but they're just going to watch you skiing days. There are actually links here. on there though. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, in the bio thing, whatever. But yeah. okay, yeah, I, need to, I yeah. actually need, need to go add the uh, the new book bio over there too. So but, yeah, yeah, you, you know, do. I'll add Instagram.com. They're all there on Instagram. Backslash Joshua J Sprague. I'll put that into the. Don't show even notes try and well. spell it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so many different versions of it. The thirty day book writing challenge. Uh, your email list. The new book. Dude, you got a lot of good stuff going on. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thanks for spreading your your goodness all over the years of the listeners yeah that kind of that that came out wrong but uh yeah dude (laughs) i'm just grateful to uh call you a best friend and grateful to have you in many regards mentoring me along the way too so thank you oh it goes both both ways man yeah Yeah. it goes both ways i love seeing how you've executed on uh this framework that you put together in your book and all the people that you're helping it's awesome yeah thank you awesome very grateful i just literally in the last 24 hours i've had probably three other dudes on social media just shoot me dms like dude your book's awesome like ah thank you so i mean i I wouldn't be able to do that without the support of my team and a good book funnel and all those good things that go on in the the background but yeah wouldn't have a book without you so thank you for that support too yeah i mean it's really it's really you on that man because i think it takes a lot of courage to put your ideas and your thoughts and your stories, uh, especially, you know, you've had some really intense ones and uh, some very vulnerable ones. If you haven't read Johnny's book, what the hell are you doing? Go buy it. Seriously. (laughs) It's really good. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) I appreciate it. Awesome, bro. Well, thank you. Um, Any other last thoughts, closing memories, emojis you want to throw at us? Yeah. Why don't we have a toilet emoji? <laughs> yeah. Where's that? Where's the smiling Zoom, poo? You're letting me down, bro. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's good though. It's all good though, man. Um, we'll give my love to your <laughs> beautiful wife and your kids. Uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. As always, thank you for joining me, Joshua Sprague. Appreciate Absolutely, you, brother. Appreciate you, guys. Go follow Joshua. Go check out his uh his link. Join his early bird list. Um. I'm looking forward to reading that book for sure. I definitely need to implement that. I go through waves myself of like, oh, I'm dialed in. I'm got my morning routine. And then other times I just let it slide and I'm watching Netflix at night and then I'm grabbing my phone first thing in the morning and it definitely makes an impact, um, not in a good way. So yeah, dude, thank you. Looking forward to reading that book. That'd be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. We'll talk soon. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. 
Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.